My name is Nate. I have a new life in Christ, and I am recovering from an addiction to pornography, pride, codependency, and then, you know, recently, I'm just really being distracted by, from the love of my soul. Amen. Um, John, thanks for the introduction. It's always a Whenever you uh, hire someone that's more gifted and better at your job than you are, give them the keys. <laughs> you know, John's just been a great blessing. And so I'm thankful for him and the opportunity to be here tonight. And, and I'm going to have the privilege of speaking on step 11, intimacy. So I just need to pray, get uh, right with the Lord, and um, be ready just to deliver this to you. So Lord, I just pray that you take away distractions. You are life. And I pray that we wouldn't be distracted by the business of life or the pleasures of this world, and we wouldn't waste a minute apart from you. Be glorified in and through your Son in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so step 11 is intimacy. And by this point, you've gone through steps 1 through 9 and 1 through 10. And steps 1 through 9 really um, point out how to deal with sin. And you're working on confessing sin, identifying sin, repenting of sin, making your relationships right with the Lord and then with others. And then step 10 is taking those first nine steps and repeating them over and over again, kind of weeding the garden of your heart so that no sin takes root. But if the steps were to stop there, you would miss the whole point of recovery. You see, the reason why we do those things is to remove all barriers to intimacy with Christ. If you just cleaned up your life and got it all ready and, 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 then, and then made yourself ready for marriage and you married the most perfect person out there, someone that would never hurt you, that would always be intimate, that would always be there for you, that would never let you down, but you never took the time to know them, to enjoy them, to visit with them, to listen to them, to talk with them, you're missing the point. You see, God's created us for relationship, relationship with him first and then with others. And so the first 10 steps prepare you for really what is the, the, the climax of this relationship with God. So step 11, intimacy says, we seek to deepen our relationship with God daily and depend on his power to do his will. And the foundation verse for this is John 17, 3 which says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God in Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. And that word know in that passage is not, doesn't mean just knowledge or information. It means intimately know, as a husband knows wife, connected. You see, when you're connected to God, you are connected to the eternal source of life. And God's wired you in a way that you cannot be satisfied without that relationship with him. Ecclesiastes 3 says he set eternity in our hearts. And so what that means is that you've got a spot in your heart that can only be built, filled by something eternal. And so we think about eternal life as being something in the future, but God is eternal. He was, he is, and he will be, and he's present now, and you can experience eternal life today and know that because he's eternal and you have eternity set in your heart, you have a spot that can only be filled by him, and you'll never find satisfaction in this world or in this life apart from that. 
And the great news is that God desires your affections. In fact, he made you for that reason. Eternal longings can only be satisfied when our affections are being fulfilled by something eternal, and that's the eternal love of God. I remember when I realized this really for the first time. I was about four years into my sobriety. So I had done all my inventory. I, I you know, cleaned up. I confessed. I repented. I made my relationships with right, right with others, right with God. I was doing the obedience. I was battling sin, had years of freedom, and I was on a trip, um, and I realized that something was missing. And I grabbed this book, and in this book, there was this quote by C.S. Lewis. And he writes, Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would have seemed that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go out, on, out making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what it's meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. You see, I was focused on not sinning rather than on the lover of my soul. Psalm 1611 says, you have made known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And in your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. The eternal joy of an intimate relationship with God is what produces strength and freedom. And when you're overflowing with the love of God, there's no room for mud pies. And so how do you get there? How do you become intimate with a God that you can't always see? It's not necessarily tangible. You can't hold his hand. You can't visit face-to-face with him. Christ isn't here physically on earth with us. We can't sit down and talk with him. So what does that look like? How do you start to move towards intimate relationship with God? And what I want to say is this, is that salvation happens in a moment, but falling in love with God is a journey. It takes time and effort, just like any relationship. And there are ways that you can draw near to God, some that are ways that God's provided for us and some ways that are unique to you. We call these, uh, in the Christian world, spiritual disciplines. I don't like that description because discipline carries with it, for me, you know, tasks or punishment or some of those things. But, but the reality is, it's just working on your relationship with God and the disciplines that the Christians lay out are really just a means to create a relationship. Just like you'd say, you know, how how do you date a wife? You take her out. You talk to her. You know, you continue to visit with her. You set aside time to speak and to listen to your spouse. So I'm going to talk about five spiritual disciplines that really blessed me in my walk. There's more than this, but I'm going to talk about those five. And the first is worship. And I think a lot of times when we think about worship, we think about singing. And singing is a form of worship. How many of you feel closer to God when Clay is up here with his band? You're singing and praising the Lord. But when I talk about worship, I talk about, I mean, praise and adoration and devotion. And that happens not only with uh, what we do verbally, but, but it happens with what we do with all of our lives. And praise is just a natural function of something that we love and we adore. 
when you go in front of the Grand Canyon, you praise the beauty of creation. When you see a beautiful person, a beautiful child, you might say, isn't she lovely? It's just the outgrowth of something that's there. When you fall in love, you sing all the love songs, you know, in your mind, and they go over and over again. And here's what we find is that God is most, most worthy of your worship. Revelation 4 talks about there's a whole host of angels that sit around him day and night crying, holy, 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 because he is glorious. It's just what he is. Psalm 91 says the heavens are telling of the glory of God. How many of you feel closer to God when you're in nature? Or when you look up at the stars and you see the work of his hands in creation? Some of you are parents. How many of you felt closer to God when you held your baby for the first time? And you see this wonderful creation that's there in your arms. God doesn't need your worship. He's complete in and of itself, but he wants your worship because it's what he made you to do. It's what he created you for. And in that is the most joy and strength and comfort available to you. The Westminster Catechism says, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so how do you work on glorifying God and enjoying him? If you're not sure, you can always ask God. Matthew 7, he says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be open to you. So the first thing to do is just ask him, Lord, how can I glorify you? I want to know you more. I want to see your beauty and your glory and understand you. And then what I'd say is just look for him. Look for him in, the work, in, in his work in the world and praise him for it and get involved in it. Not too long ago, I just had a great glass of orange juice. I'm like, Lord, Thank you for taste buds. You didn't have to give us taste buds. Thank you for melodies that engage my heart, that there's harmony. You gave us ears to hear. You see the goodness of God in creation. So learning to recognize it, learning to praise it when you notice it. When you sing, don't just sing songs to him, serenade him. Serenade him. The next discipline is intimacy through prayer. And I think prayer is mysterious to a lot of us, but really it's just communication with God. That's it. Practicing the presence of him and talking to him. And a good model for this is Jesus when he was here on earth. You know, he really just talked with him throughout the day. And he talked with him in good times and bad times. He said, Father, I praise you that you conceal these things from wise men and reveal them to children. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, let this cup pass from me. He talked to him in the moments of the day. And we also see in Scripture that he went out to pray to a lonely place after a long day's work, or he rose up early in the morning to pray before, and he joined, he joined his disciples. And then we also see that he set aside long times of prayer. He went into the wilderness to pray for weeks. And I think it's not just about, if you're like me, it's really easy for me just to present my list of wants to him. And he wants to know my wants. He wants to know my heart. But just start with praising him for who he is. 
for what he's done and sharing your mind and heart with him and listening to him. So um, part of the reason why we have daily curriculum is because we wanted you to have daily prayer with God. That's why you have prayer in every one of those lessons, starting it off and ending it. We want to connect you with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The next discipline for me was uh, just intimacy with God through his word. And God is more eager to reveal himself to you than you are eager to understand him. And he's given us this incredible gift of the Bible. You've got 66 love letters in here, secured for over thousands of years, written by different men, the Holy Spirit working through different men, where God reveals his character, his loves, his desires, the things that he hates, his goodness, his holiness, his story, his pursuit of you. He reveals who you are and what your purpose is. It's a letter every day to you. And the great thing about Scripture is it even says that it is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. That the Holy Spirit works through it to change you and transform you. You start to see with his eyes and understand his mind as he reveals it to you through his word. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what the will of God is, his good and pleasing, perfect will. And transforming your mind just means taking in some scripture memory. I remember when this really hit me for the first time. It wasn't too long into my recovery that I was in a moment of great battle. I was home alone and I was being tempted very heavily. And I was like, Lord, you got to help me fight this. What can I do? Help me fight this. And 2 Timothy 2.22 came to mind. You know this verse because it's the verse that we use in um, step six. Now flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a good heart. Yeah, but Lord, I'm fighting this. What do I need to do? Now flee youthful lust. But, but how do I fight this? Flee youthful lust. Don't fight, flee. Get out of here. Stop fighting this. Well, where do I flee to? Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Who do I know that calls on the Lord from a pure heart? My friend Matt does. I'm going to call him. Matt, can I come over? Yes. Guess what we did? Went out to dinner, talked about the goodness of the Lord, didn't stumble. God strengthened me through his word. That's how you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Intimacy through God's people is the next thing. You see, God designed you for community, not independence, and you can learn about him tangibly and experience his love through people. How many people in this room tried to resolve their problems on their own before coming to Regent? All right, almost everybody. You wouldn't be here if you resolved your problems, right? Okay, now, how many of you have drawn nearer to Christ because of a testimony that you've heard on stage from your leader or because of something that was revealed through a fellow participant? Look at that. See, God made you to work together, to be encouraged by one another, to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. We are his hands and feet to one another. God works through his people and his spirit working in people. You weren't created to live alone. And then there's intimacy through serving. 
You see, God's created you. He's given you talents and gifts and resources that are specific to you so that you can know him more and bless others with the way that he's designed you. And there are spiritual gifts that he gives each one. We've got some tests in there that you can go take that'll help you realize your spiritual gifts. But he's also given you just some natural gifts. And my favorite example with this is my wife. My wife says her spiritual gift is baking. And I will tell you, when you eat her desserts, it's a spiritual experience. How many of you have had one of my wife's Regen cupcakes? A lot of them. All right, did you get saved through the cupcakes? Almost. So, but one of my favorite stories is this. Early on, my wife, when we were smaller, my wife used to bake desserts for everybody. Every Monday, we had desserts out here. And one day, there was a guy that was up here at the church, and he was just hanging out. He didn't know why. And someone said, hey, you need to go to Regeneration because there's food there. And guess what? He came and he ate a bunch of food. And he said, what's going on here? And he sat in here and he heard the testimony. He was, I'm going to stay. And he came to Christ, went all the way through regeneration and, uh, and led even some groups here. So cupcakes can save. My wife's favorite verse is Psalm 8110, which says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And so that's God's working through scripture. So using your gifts doesn't have to be complicated. It's just the way that God wires you. So think about when do I have joy? What is it that brings me joy? Where do I find pleasure in a healthy way in this world? And who can I invite into that process? And maybe God can use that as a way to bless others. If you don't know, ask some people around you. They generally know how God's wired you. And the outcome of that is intimacy with Christ. And so how did these disciplines play out in my life? Well, early on, I realized that I'm a thinker first. It's, it's I have to think about engaging emotionally. But I found that when I journaled a little bit, and I am not a journaler. I don't like to journal. It's one of the hardest things for me to do. But when I journaled a little bit, all of a sudden, my heart was engaged. It went from my head in terms of thinking about all the stuff that I was reading to my heart. And when I could write a prayer out, it engaged my heart. And so early on, when I started to engage with the Lord, I just said, I'm going to do this daily as I, come, as, as I start to work on my relationship with God. And so this is one of my first journals that came. And every day, get up, write down, what scripture is God teaching me? What am I learning? What do I need to apply? And Lord, here's what I'm feeling. Here's my love letter back to you. Thank you for writing this. One year. Two years. Three years, four years, 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 years. You want to know why you have daily content? It's not to overwhelm you. It's to give you an opportunity every day to connect with the Lord. And so when we started to talk about curriculum and what we're going to do here. I said, John, we need, we need to do some daily work. He said, great, let's do it. That sounds great. So we asked several people to draft some, um, some lessons. And I just did what I did. I drafted one of them and I did what I did in my journals. And they said, you've got to do this. I said, I can't do this. They said, yes, you can and you will. We'll create space for you. 
And then John did something else. He said, we'll help you. And he went out and he wrote to leaders at Regen. And he wrote to leaders in the church and the staff. And he said, please pray. And here's scores of people's intimate prayers to the Lord. These were plastered all over offices, all over my office for over two years as the saints engaged with the Lord, praying for you, praying for this group, praying for those who were watching on this video. Years later, we got it ready and we tested it. We said, this needs to look better. We took it to Charlotte Dixon, who's our graphic designer. And she says, I've got a gift that I can use. She took out, she took out her camera, went out in nature, took pictures, made art. Took it to Becky Wade, who designs internal stuff. She says, I've got a gift. I can use this. Produce these books for you. Out of their intimate relationship with God. You have something to offer the world. And this grew out of not some plan or some design. It grew out of people finding joy and pleasure and intimacy and praising and glorifying God through their gifts. And this is available for you. And he works through his people. So, God created us for an intimate relationship with him to know who he is, to find joy in him, to know who we are through him. And the vision statement for regeneration is that we are an authentic community of Christ followers who are relentless in helping each other to experience intimacy with God. That's why we do this. Intimacy is our goal, not sobriety. Sobriety is short-sighted. It's a stop along the way. It's a stop along the way. I want to celebrate a God who changes lives, who rescued us from making mud pies and slums to an intimate relationship with him. I want to celebrate lives, not just free from addiction, but free to love sacrificially, share the gospel with passion, endure hardship with peace, speak truth with grace to a world lost in sin, to celebrate God working through his relationship with his children as they practice steadfast love, justice, and righteousness, just as God did through Christ Jesus. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, nor let the mighty man boast in his might. Let the rich man not boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight. Lord, I just pray that you take our hearts, give us open hearts, and that we would find our delight and strength in you. There is no life apart with you. May we know eternal life today through Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray, amen.